0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. David prayed in Psalm 41, As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me, heal me, for I have sinned against you. You know, in selecting these midweek sermons, your pastors wanted to emphasize two things for you. First, that the Psalms speak about Jesus, and secondly, because... The Psalms speak about Jesus. They, therefore, consequently speak about you as well. In baptism, you were joined to the Lord. You and Jesus have now become one, just as he and the Father are one. And what therefore God has joined together, let not man separate. Your permanent and eternal connection to Christ is an essential tool, then, for reading the Psalms. If it is true that the Psalms speak about Jesus, well then, sometimes the Psalms may say strange, unbecoming, or even seemingly untrue things about him. Psalm 41 is just such an example, especially where it is written, O Lord, be gracious to me, heal me, for I have sinned against you. Think about that. These words speak strangely when they're applied to Jesus because, of course, Jesus, he did not sin against his Lord, his God and Father. Jesus, as we confess, is sinless. The book of Hebrews famously famously and beautifully states that Jesus, our great high priest, was indeed tempted in every way as you and I are, and yet he is without sin. Human thinking would make the disastrous suggestion that these words from the book of Hebrews, without sin, might indicate that Jesus was not, in fact, actually like us in every way. But here again from the scriptures, how he took up our human body, our frame and our likeness. Incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, just as we confess each week in the Creed. He fully submitted to all the challenges of our human development and our growth, including our need for family endurance and patience. Thus it was written, He went down with his family and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. He experienced the full range of human emotion. You saw him weep at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. You witnessed him get angry at the money changers in the temple. You saw him in deep sorrow, even unto death, as he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Furthermore, Jesus experienced the full range of our human physical pain. According to this sorrowful account, Pilate took Jesus and he flogged him. They twisted on his head a crown of thorns. They delivered him over to be crucified. And still, our human sinful hearts and minds say, well, Jesus was, in every respect, tempted as we were, sure, except for the fact that he had no sin. Therefore, this must have been of some sort of advantage to him. But no, do not allow that human thinking to deceive and mislead you. Jesus of Nazareth, born of the Virgin Mary, he truly did make himself exactly like us in every way, warts and all, sin and all. And to be sure, your Lord Jesus Christ truly had, and still has, absolutely no sin of his own. It is written, in him there is no sin, and he committed no sin. Neither was deceit found in his mouth. The prophet Isaiah famously wrote, he had done no violence. There was no deceit in his mouth. Just because Jesus committed no sin, however, does not mean that he had no sin. Where the scriptures say in the book of Hebrews, without sin, they mean only without sin of his own. Where the scriptures say in him there is no sin, they do not mean that on him there was no sin. John the Baptist was indeed faithful and true when he said concerning Jesus, Behold, the Lamb of God, who comes to take away, to pick up, to shoulder upon himself, and to carry off all the sin of the world. So friends, where did that sin come from, which was laid upon Jesus? That sin came from you and from me. The Lord has laid on him, said the prophet Isaiah, the iniquity of us all, just as you heard in last week's sermon. Sinless Jesus, he was made to be the, the the sinner for our sake. God the Father laid onto his perfect son every corrupt thing about us. Jesus held himself personally responsible for our guilt. He made himself to be the guilty one so that we could be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish as we read in Paul's letter to the church in Philippi. That is why the scriptures say, God made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might now become the righteousness of God. You know, some 500 years ago now, that Martin Luther famously preached a very similar thing, albeit in far more able and eloquent words. The reformer wrote... When the merciful Father saw that we were being oppressed through the law, that we were being held under a curse, and that we could not be liberated from it by anything, he sent his Son into the world. He heaped all the sins of men upon him, and it is as though he said to him, Be now Peter the denier. Be now Paul the persecutor, the blasphemer, the assaulter. Be now David the adulterer, be now the sinner who ate the apple in paradise. Be now the thief on the cross. In short, be the person of all men. Be the one who has committed the sins of all men. And see now to it that you pay and make satisfaction for them all. Our Lord's personal carrying of all our guilt is the reason why the sinless Jesus could say in Psalm 41, Yes, I have sinned. David prayed in Psalm 41, As for me, O Lord God, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. And it was the Lord who heard his prayer and laid all of David's sin upon his son, his Christ, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, you too can pray that very same prayer which King David prayed. And every word of it will be equally true. O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. As the Lord did for David, so has he done now for you. The Lord has heard your prayer. He has listened to your pleas for mercy. God the Father has laid all your sin upon His Son, your Lord, right next to David's sin, right next to my sin. It would not be wrong of you to think of your Lord Jesus as saying to you in your baptism, from now on, O sinner, I am going to be you, and you, you are going to be me. Switch with me, so that you might have my place before the glory of the Father. And in return... I will take your place on the cross. Because the Psalms are about Jesus, Psalm 41 also gives voice to that prayer of our Lord, O Lord, be gracious to me, heal me, for I have sinned against you. Because of the load that our Lord shouldered for our salvation, the divine law could look at Jesus and Jesus only And say now concerning him, in the words again of the Reformer, I find him to be a sinner, who takes upon himself the sins of all men. I do not see any other sins than those on him. Therefore, let him die on the cross. And so it attacks him, and for our sake it kills him. By this deed, the whole world is purged and expiated from all sins, and thus it is set free from death and from every evil. In Psalm 41, Jesus appealed to his Father for your sake and for mine, carrying your burden and being your sin-bearer. His Father heard him because of the reverence with which he submitted his plea and because of his obedience unto death, even Death upon the cross. Therefore, once again from Philippians, God has highly exalted him. God has bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In his most merciful name, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in this same Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.